Time now for Connecting the Diocese. Connecting the Diocese is a production of the Diocese of La Crosse. Here's host Jack Silsha. Thanks for tuning in, Connecting the Diocese. It's amazing what you don't notice. Since 2002, AARP, the Retired Persons Association, has featured an annual event called Movies for Grown-Ups, where they give awards to movies that were made by or for people who are 50 years old or older, to kind of not leave us out of the loop. This way, you know, if you think there's nothing but movies where exploding cars happen, or you know there are strange aliens that change shapes, you're really missing out, as I was. No offense to our younger listeners, but all of the superhero movies that keep coming out week after week, well, as far as I'm concerned, it's uh, something to marvel at. That's a joke, folks. Got a great guest coming up for those of you who are interested in simplifying your life, maybe uncluttering not only your house, but your mind. (laughs) So just stick around. We'll be right back here on Connecting the Diocese. Now, this is kind of one of those this-just-in kind of things. A press release, the Wisconsin Emergency Rental Assistance Program is set to close on January 31st. This program was funded by the Federal Emergency Rental Assistance Program through the U.S. Department of the Treasury, and it was designed to make housing stability. They paid out more than $242 million in benefits to support well over 38,000 unique households across 72 counties with rent, utilities, water, and internet payments. Again, the program paid out a total of $444 million statewide to help families avoid homelessness due to the pandemic-related financial hardships. The program helped to keep tens of thousands of households get caught up on their rent, keep the heat and lights on, and to make sure that folks could stay connected during the work at home. A spokesperson said it was one of the most challenging economic periods that Wisconsin has ever experienced. I don't know how broadly this information has been passed on or how many people who have been receiving benefits have gotten notices in the mail or email that this was coming to an end. The sudden elimination of several hundred dollars a month, plus the possibility that with the high fuel bills, people have been taking advantage of the disconnection moratorium until April 15th, could mean that in the matter of a month or two, a lot of people are going to be in some serious trouble. It's a real good time to support Catholic charities, local food banks, things like that, because the need is going to grow exponentially very quickly. And if someone you know is in this particular situation, it would be a good time for you to strongly advise them to contact Catholic charities as quickly as possible. You can go to their website at ccLSE.org. Uh, Time is uh, important now. There's a lot of paperwork to be looked at and strategies to be made, and it does take time. So don't wait to the last minute if you know someone who is in a financial bind. I want to welcome to the show Sister Jolene Brame from FSPA in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Sister, welcome here. Thank you. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Well, you know, I I love talking to you, sisters. I Frankly, I'm always fascinated before we start getting into our topic as to your vocation how it came to be when you first got the inkling that led you to where you are today so can we start with that how did it all start for you well it all started for me when i went to saint mary's school in colby wisconsin where the fsvas were the teachers so i had all my eighth grades of education with the fsvas my eighth grade teacher was the one 
who every afternoon after our little afternoon break, she would stand behind my desk because I was the tallest in the room and say a special prayer. Somehow or another, I think that was the beginning. She then invited me to come down to La Crosse to visit St. Rose Convent, and from there on, the rest of the story. So I was able to join FSPA in 1954 as a sophomore in high school. I finished my high school here in La Crosse. So then spent the time in the, all the formation kind of time. I was very drawn to the Franciscan spirituality because I'm from a farm in Colby, Wisconsin. Wonderful dairy farm. Nature, being out in the outdoors, always has really struck me as very important. And somehow or another, the Franciscan spirit seemed to nudge me in that direction. So then after novitiate time, education, bachelor's degree, master's degree, all of those kind of things, basically my entire time so far has been educator. So I was a secondary teacher, primary teacher in various schools. And well, let me back up a little bit. I have been in only the state of Wisconsin for my entire lifetime of ministry. I started out in La Crosse at Aquinas and Trinity, then was sent up to Superior, Wisconsin, which was a great opportunity. And from there, Wausau, Wisconsin, Wisconsin Rapids, Loyal, Wisconsin, and so I've really pretty much done the state from top to bottom in the center of the, the state. So that's been my background. After the education time, which was about 28 years of being a teacher in some situation, then I was given the opportunity in the community to learn how to be a part of spiritual direction. And we have a special program, obviously, here at St. Rose at the Spirituality Center for that. I was in the very first group of that in 1986. So since 1986, I have then moved more into being a spiritual director, but also doing many, many programs. And I became the director of the Marywood Spirituality Center, which is in Arborvita, Wisconsin, which is owned by our community. And as a director there, I did many, many programs. The programs were anything about spirituality, nature, just good down-to-earth living. So I did a lot of that. And then uh, took some time to be just in spiritual direction up there. Then got the invitation to be the program director at St. Anthony's Retreat Center in Marathon, Wisconsin. So I spent some time there. And then about four years ago, I left there and came down to La Crosse and stayed at the Villa St. Joseph, which is our place for a few years. And then a year ago, I moved into St. Rose Convent. So that's kind of the overview of the pattern of my journey, you might call it, through these years. All of the invitation of FSPA, none of those things would have been anything on my radar, but the invitation, would you consider doing this? Would you like to do this? We think you would be good at this. What a gift. What a gift to, to be invited. And just like you have invited me to be a part of ongoing offering some thoughts that might be reflective and 
Oh, I suspect they will be. It's interesting that our paths crossed in some fashion and that you were, you were from Colby. Yes. And uh, my second job in regular commercial radio was in Marshfield. Oh, okay. Sorry. And uh, my wife now of 35 years, we met in Minneapolis, but her parents were from the Owen Withy area. Oh, yes. And so yes. I know Colby and Owen Withy and yes. Marshfield and Spencer oh, yes. and all those places. Real. The nicest thing about it was that I got to spend about Five years in Marshfield on the uh-huh. radio. Okay. They were a wonderful uh, bunch of people. Yes. And I'm originally a city kid. Okay. I mean, you could see the Empire State Building out my back window oh, when I was a little oh, kid. Really? Wow. And to live in the same place where my wife's parents, who were living at the time, uh-huh. I got to you know, really understand her family mm-hmm. and the farm families. And uh, just what a wonderful thing. I was an only child. They were a big family. Oh, and it was yes. so lovely to, to, to be there and be accepted and go visit yes. with them. Oh, uh, so, and the central Wisconsin is a lovely area. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. So yeah. you've been doing spiritual direction, uh, the St. Anthony Retreat Center. You know, I wanted to get you on for several reasons. It, it was kind of a joke that uh, about two Sundays ago, I got up to make breakfast, and our big, fancy, four-year-old induction cooking oven arced like an electric spark and quit. Oh, no. I mean, this thing, I, I this burner turned on that I hadn't turned on. Uh-huh. And it went hot, 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 big flash of light. So we sat there, you know, and number one, we were not real happy because four years was not much. They were saying right. the appliances don't work as well. We Our old Maytags stuff yep. lasted 30 years. Yes. And I said, you know, uh-huh. Let's just get rid of it. Ah. Uh, and we, yes. we bought a small we bought an oversized toaster oven uh-huh. which we tried baking in. It bakes the bread exactly the same they, as the one really? we had in the big oh, oven. Is that a- and I'm still using my little countertop uh-huh. thing. And because of that, there was a hole in the kitchen. And so we had we moved some furniture from another room, the laundry room, to fill the hole. Uh-huh. And that left an area in the laundry room oh, to put a desk yes. in front of a big window. <laughs> And all of a sudden, we've rearranged all this stuff because of one incident. Yes. And it got us thinking. Uh, my wife is reading a book called Quit. It's about okay. people who should. It's not a book about, you know, give the bye-bye to your boss and, and leave in anger. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that some people hang on to something mm-hmm. longer than they should. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, they talked They talked about a very big uh, retail chain uh, that had a catalog and, and stores all over the country, but also had a huge investment company with credit cards and all this stuff. And the retail stuff was losing money. Mm. But because they'd had it since 1896, oh. they refused to get rid of it, and they were selling off the stuff that was making money. Oh. And see, they they should have quit. They should have quit. Yeah, times were changing, and uh-huh. they, and it's an interesting interesting concept. In our case, we were forced to quit the stove because it blew up. But your life is by no means simple. Everyone thinks that, oh, these sisters, you know, mm-hmm. it's very simple. You have a very complicated life. At the same time, how do you plan your day and how do you fit in prayer and spirituality? And, and I'm going to let you just talk for a while. What advice would you give to a person who is, you know, they've been so distracted this past two years mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. COVID and, and remote working and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other and job losses. And, oh, everything is going on left and right. Not to mention this winter hasn't been fun. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, where do we would start to kind of get more, I hate to use the word centered. In the, okay. Well, I guess I will use the word. Yeah, to sure. get just to kind of like, whew, uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Let me start over here. Let me let me just figure this out. What would you say? Okay. Well, basically, I have two different dynamics around that. Number one, first of all, we I think I really needed to invite people to go to the inner uh, simplicity, my person. So what are the ways in which I may take time or think about or whatever to be centered on something? Do I have the gift of being able to focus on things? Do I have that inner simplicity? Do I have a way of integrating the whole, all the parts of my life? How integrated am I within? How mindful am I when I do something? Or am I doing one thing and thinking 10 other things? So I think it starts with the inner sensitivity about how does my inner life actually begin? And I think out of that comes, what do I value? Do I value many, many things in my life that perhaps I want to rethink? Perhaps there are attitudes that I have in within me when, like, for example, I've got to have more, I've got to have more to keep up with the neighbors, blah, blah, blah. I think there's loads of attitudes we've developed. So I think that's where I would invite people to perhaps start thinking about that. Who am I inside of me? And maybe the word is focus. How do I focus? When do I focus? On what do I focus? How do I live out that focus? How do I honor it in my life? Then the second big area, I think, is our way of living. And number one is, I think it's very significant that we really understand our personality. We all have personalities. Number one, some people are practical. Sounds like your family is practical. Then we have the people who are impulsive. You know, they see something, I got to have it, let's go for it. There are people who are very thoughtful. No, give me a day to think about that. So I will ponder that. There are people who are very purposeful. If it doesn't fit in with the purpose and the plan, forget it. There are some people who are also very decisive. You give them a situation and within a short period of time, they can make a decision. So what is your personality? What is my personality? What aspects of personality factor into what I do, how I use my time, what I purchase, how I live, all of that? So am I practical, impulsive, decisive, thoughtful, purposeful, all of those things to ask about my personality? Secondly, in that category, What's my cultural background? What is my cultural learnings? What is my whole inner cultural growing up kind of thing? So am I somebody in my culture where there were always lots of expectations? Was I always expected to do this, that, the other thing as I was growing up? And so we learned to say, okay, I have to expect that I can live up to this. Another thing is perhaps our heritage. There are very, very many ways we could take a look at our growing up according to our heritage. What background did our families have? What do they have as their way of 
viewing things and ownership and uh, gathering things and and collecting there's that could be a whole talk all in itself but it's there very definitely what's our heritage another is what's our location just as you mentioned you grew up in next to empire state building well what is available to have to take to own to buy to whatever totally different from colby wisconsin so i think our location of that and a second thing about location is i think we're much more aware nowadays that us older generation often stayed in the same town the same house the same living space all of our life that is really not our reality of our culture today many many more people move often and uh, different places i think that factors in on simplicity very significantly because the stay at homes, the people who stay in the same place all the time, the accumulation is so gradual and so much and generational. Like you might have your grandmother and grandfather's stuff when they died. So the accumulation in a stay in the same place situation is huge. And probably much more difficult to assess and make decision about. On the other hand, the people who are constantly needing to move, whether that's because of a profession or a situation in the family or anything of, of that kind, their ability to make choices quickly about do we keep this or don't we is highly increased for them, of course. The other piece about that whole moving kind of thing, I have to tell you, I have moved 20 times in my lifetime. And in those 20 times, a good number of them were going to a very different location, bigger house, a smaller place, apartment living, and now one room. So the diversity of the moving, what do I go from to, is very important in the way in which we simplify uh, what we're going to take with us or, or whatever. The other element I think about that is what experiences has the family had? So if the family had a fire when they were growing up, then that whole sense of what we have and what we don't have had, takes on a whole different quality and value. If there's been a flood and everything's been destroyed, tornadoes, Wisconsin has tornado areas. But if an experience like that has happened in our lives, I think we tend then to say, oh, we can't lose the next things that we have. I think that is an important reality too. So if I tend to hang on to everything, maybe it's because I lost everything at some time in my life or in my experience. Another might be illnesses. So perhaps how I hang on to things and don't hang on to things might have to do with how healthy, what's my well-being, how much can I handle and take care of, or how overwhelming will that be. Another last thing I think about our life experiences is that the way in which our culture 
is so rapidly shifting about what's available for us to buy is unbelievable. When you think about the little supermarkets we had in our central Wisconsin small towns, you know, you had the basics, you had good stuff, you had stuff that worked, it was natural and all of that. And today, uh, all you need to do is go to a mall and be totally overwhelmed by what is available. So I think simplifying what we want to see that is around us, what do we want to simplify as far as what is our reality of where we came from, how we did, how we lived, all of that kind of thing. So I think that's what I would like to offer to start with. So would you like me to talk a little bit about downsizing? Yes, in just a second. That'd be wonderful. Interesting to take into consideration other people's backgrounds before you criticize them as to what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, my wife, again, who loves, she, she reads more than I do, and she's smarter than I am uh, in many, many ways. <laughs> One of the books she was reading uh, talks about if you're trying to downsize, uh, you look at the object, whatever it happens to be, and the woman says, just ask yourself, does it bring you joy? Oh, excellent. If it doesn't excellent. bring you joy, why are you keeping it? Yes. And what I've been doing lately, we, we, we did have uh, in our little town here, um, we had a, a, no one died, thank goodness, no one was injured, but there was a terrible fire right before Christmas. Mm. Uh, a hardware store burnt down, and above it there were four apartments with several families. They lost everything. Mm-hmm. And the town has been great. Not only GoFundMe campaigns, but people are coming and they're finding clothes, they're finding furniture, they're finding everything you can. And you know, we're coming up with stuff. And what happens is you you give this stuff away, and you turn around and you'll go. You know, I don't even notice it's gone oh. because there's so much more stuff here. Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> and I I find this yes. too. I I go looking for a, a cord yes. for a microphone yes. or something, and I can't find it because there's some other cords which I haven't used for six years. Yes, yes. So I've been going through with a vengeance. Oh. And it still looks cluttered. Yes, yes. You know, and every once in a while, one of our cats does us a favor. They destroy something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> it's good. But it is, it is tough. Uh, yeah, it, is, uh, yeah. it is amazing. Right, and right. Uh, getting rid of relatives' stuff. Uh-huh. Um, once you have yes. taken care of a relative's estate or a oh, parent's estate. Yes, yes. It is just. Uh, yes. It was funny that uh, when we took care of my after my 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 father passed away and my mother had gone years earlier. The, my mother was raised Methodist at the local Methodist church. They had rummage sales. Mm-hmm. My mother was in charge of them, and she would store all the stuff from the rummage <gasps> oh. sales that didn't sell. Oh no. And it was in the basement, and she had been gone for fifteen years, uh-huh. and the stuff was still in the basement. It was you know old mugs and, yes. and plates. Yes. And, and it came, came time to have this sale of my father's stuff. And we put all this stuff on the porch. Yes. And it was like, uh-huh. all the, oh, you know, how many 25th anniversary plates do you own? But anyway, and back in the East Coast, you, you, it's, if you want to get a, a, a dumpster brought up that you can just throw stuff in, mm-hmm. it will cost you, back then, this is 30 years ago or more now, it will cost you $1,000 a day Ooh. just because they've got to haul this stuff all yes. the way to the Gulf yes. to get rid of it. Yes. So anyway, that's the two things we've learned is that <laughs> mm-hmm. other people's stuff, getting rid of it, yes. relatives. Oh, oh yes, tough. definitely. And also, mm-hmm. 
when is the last time I used, used this? this thing? Yes, good question. You know, do I really need a cassette recorder? Yes. When's the last time I used a cassette recorder? Yes, you know, those that's kind right. Of things. That's but right. yeah, yes. so, so yeah, by all means, continue. I, I'm yes. enjoying hearing what good. you have to good. say. Good. You're 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 beginning lots of good pieces around all of that. I think another question is why do I have it? You know, why am I holding on to this, or what uh, what's my reason for it? The other piece about the stuff that belong to family has to do with memories. And so I think that's another dimension of just getting rid of, you know, like that whole basement full of things. If most of that was something that wasn't really part of good memories or memories of the person, it was the job or she did. I think an important part about the memory piece is how do I find a way to honor and the memory an idea that I got from some people from up in Monaco Woodruff area where I lived, many people, a third of the population are people who are moving in their retirement years to the North Woods. So what would occur is that some of the people there would end up, if that person died, they ended up with all of their stuff. Well, this woman said, you know what I did? I finally could not tolerate all the dining room tables, dishes, sets, and all of those kind of things. She said, I took a photo of them. And she put together a photo album of all of those pieces that had memories of that whole life and then was able to take the things and, and dispose of them in some appropriate way. That's an excellent idea. I think now that we can put together a memory book of the things that are meaningful. The same is true of trips. I think that's why people take a lot of photos of trips. They want to be able to go back and touch into what did that mean, what was important, and how is that going to be a part of that. So the why is definitely good. And, and like you say, does it give me joy? That's excellent. The other piece about it is what kind of sensitivity do I have that makes me want to cling? I think some people have a personality where if I give this up that belonged to my father, somehow or another, I'm dishonoring my father. So I think there's a kind of sensitivity level that each of us maybe wants to take a look at. If I do get rid of this, or I don't even want to say that, I'm going to give it away rather than get rid, even that language feels harsh. I'm going to say, what does this mean to me? And how can I stay with that meaningfulness without having it there? Another thing that some people have found to do is, let's say, for example, they have gone on many, many different trips, and they've got a memento or 10 or 20 from every place that they've been. Well, one of the women suggested what she did was she found some nice containers, either a nice box or a container of some sort. And for each trip, she put the mementos in those boxes and then would choose a month Okay, so the month of December, we went such such place. That's the month I'm going to put all those things out and remember them. I thought that was a very excellent suggestion. And then, you know, at some point or another, uh, some of those boxes will be never brought out. So then the question is, don't even look in them, just toss them. So again, I think that's another piece about, about all of that. Another thing I think is that some people's need 
need to have visual reminders of situations or people or events in their life. Many people have to have a visual reminder of that. So again, that's another inner. Who who am I as far as how I relate to the stuff, the things, the memories, and all of that? Do I relate to it by having to see it? Do I relate to it by just remembering it? Do I relate to it by honoring it and saying, okay, that chapter is finished and we will go on to the next chapter. So I think a lot has to do with our sensitivity uh, within ourselves as well. Another piece is making choices. I think the word choices is also very significant. We all have our style of making choices and some persons are very impulsive of making a choice and that might be good. Some persons are very reflective about making a choice. Some persons are forever procrastinating. So again, how we make choices around many things maybe is a clue about our stuff as well. The other thing about choices that I find very, very interesting is that a time lapse is helpful. So when I was moving all those different times, I would put something out and I would say to myself, okay, uh, today I would uh, box that up and give it to Goodwill. But maybe I better think about that yet tomorrow. So possibly delaying a decision of something might be helpful and it might not. So again, how are the choices made time-wise and uh, in connection with the items? Another thing along that line is I know of many people that box lots and lots of things up in huge boxes and they have big moving companies move all their boxes and six months later, half of them have not been opened. So what they have discovered is I'm not even going to open them. And so the fine line between marking what's in boxes when you move or downsize and give away and not marking them is something some people have found to make that kind of choice. Another piece uh, that I identify too is events, uh, awards, and uh, things that people have gotten, uh, maybe an award for something or their, their graduation piece, things that are uh, signs of their life journey. There are certain things we have in our lives that mark things that have been significant in our life journey. That's also very valuable. People that are in athletics, oh my goodness, don't they have walls full of every possible trophy that they had? That's another whole area of choice of downsizing. And that too, I would recommend that a photo be taken of those. You can put those photos in an accumulative journey story and that gives a sense of, oh, yeah, and just looking at the photo can bring back all the, the good memories of, of that kind of thing. And then a last item that for a lot of people to sort out and give away is clothing. 
Clothing is one of those things where I think being able to make choices, first of all, about purchasing. Some people are impulsive buyers. They buy everything they see. Oh, I think I'd love that. Well, six months later, it hasn't even gotten the price tag off yet. So how we purchase clothing is one thing. Another is how about the clothing that no longer is appropriate to wear or fits anymore or even is any way practical for the lifestyle that I now live. So I think there are lots of questions around clothing. That's also a part that's very difficult to downsize when it's the clothing of someone who has died, who has left. That clothing represents their presence. So that's another whole different category around downsizing clothing and that. That's another thing that I think over the last 50 years has changed majorly. I don't know about you when you were growing up, but I had some clothes that were good clothes, they fit, but they were the ones I always wore. That's how we all were. We had our small wardrobes and we passed them on very often in the family. Now, when you think about any any store or Amazon or any place that sells clothing, unbelievable. I don't know about you, but I've attended a few church rummage sales in my life. Oh, oh my, oh my. When we used to have rummage sales at the various parishes that I was at, that was one of the biggest heaps that we had to deal with was heaps and heaps of clothing and uh, and so I think that's another category that has many layers that uh, of choices. And there's there are well, the current term is fast fashion, where there are these people who are so-called internet influencers who get you know, a free blouse or a free shirt or oh, free yes, whatever it yes. is from the maker in China, uh-huh. and uh, they shove this thing off, and then all of a sudden he buys a few copies of it, but. And it doesn't hold up well, and so redonating it is almost worthless. Yes, uh, yes. Now, there are good sides. I mean, for example, during the two and a half years of the pandemic that we've, I've worked from home, which is amazing, uh, number one, I wasn't stopping at any uh, fast place to grab a, a bite to eat, and I wasn't eating any food from a restaurant anywhere. And also, my wife and I decided, out of pure curiosity, to go plant-based. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Over two and a half years, I lost 50, 60 pounds. Well, I had a lot of clothes that just... Yes, (laughs) I look like a scarecrow when I wear them. So, but the good news is, is that, you know, because of this fire in town also, that I I was able to go donate a bunch of, you know, size 40 pants. I'm never going to wear again, I hope. And... uh, but the other thing is, is that I wanted to make sure that the stuff was good. It was not yes. needing repair. It yes. wasn't junk clothes. Yes. Uh, apparently, there are so many T-shirts from fun runs oh, that these yes. third world countries get them. They don't want them anymore. Yes. Uh, there is even, I just read this recently, in, in some of these third world countries where these in, there were small stores that would make clothing. And they're being disrupted because there's so much donated clothing coming from the United States. Mm. They refer to the stuff as clothing coming from dead white man stores. Oh, dead white man stores. <laughs> dead, dead white man. Yeah, I'm going to go shopping at the dead, dead white man store. store. Oh, 
they, they ship it down here to us. But but it's killing the economy of the yes. local the guy who's making stuff. Yes. And so it, it, it's amazing what goes on. Half the stuff ends up being bundled into rags. Yes, yes. Uh, and we don't want to fill up landfills, mm-hmm. but at the same time, That's it, right. the same thing with, with items, mixers and toasters and this, oh, that. No. if it's not working properly or it's really right. dirty or rotten or something, don't. don't That's right. It. Exactly. That's a very yeah, good yeah. piece. You know, that choice of what is worth donating. Do I care enough about the people, you know, who will look yeah. at that or am I just trying to get rid of it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And some people donate electronics mm-hmm. uh, because it costs money to dispose yes. of them as e-waste yes and they really shouldn't be no. doing that no they shouldn't. broken cameras no. yeah the yeah. people at the, at the uh thrift stores especially you know salvation army mm-hmm. and st vincent de paul and all these people mm-hmm. goodwill they don't have time to inspect every gadget right. that they get to make sure it works yes that's right that's right and and especially and they've now got you know shop goodwill online mm-hmm. and you can buy a mm-hmm. great looking camera you know this that and the other but there's a mm-hmm. pretty good chance it's not going to that's work that's right that's right or it will be incomplete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if you're going to give something, mm-hmm. you know, you know, don't just give don't just give the vest that, that came with the suit that That's you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's it, yeah. it's yeah. it's a sad situation. Yes, it is. Uh, it really yes, is. It that, is. Uh, yeah. But and your point about taking photos, I have actually done mm-hmm. that. Uh, we have lived in this old farmhouse for thirty years, Ooh. and this is the longest I've lived in any one okay. place. Period. Yes. We've accumulated oh, well, a fair amount. Yes, yes. And so uh, it, it, it happens. Yes, it, it happens. Does. That's right. It, yep. Yes, it does. So. Can, can we switch gears a sure. little bit? Um, okay. We're, we're, we're so far, and it's a wonderful stuff. You, to kind of unclutter your mind, you should unclutter your house. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Excellent phrase. And, and, to, and, and to basically spend more time thinking about your inner life, your spiritual life. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. You can avoid some diversions. We, we don't watch much television uh-huh. at all anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, we just we we bought a little TV about the size of a shoebox, uh-huh. and we don't even leave it plugged right. in. But uh, yes. and I tend to watch too many online movies. Uh-huh. And uh, we've taken we've taken a uh, a tip. Uh, we've expanded the, the idea of Sunday uh, being a day of you know mm-hmm. God's day. That mm-hmm. we don't. Mm-hmm. We don't turn the news on. We don't do it. We just mm-hmm. read and do other things. Maybe prepare a nice meal. Yes. Um, maybe do a little organizing if, yes. if, if, right. to get rid of get to donate. But to take the time to just yes. stop. Yeah. And I yes. and I'm sitting here at a little desk with a computer talking to you. Uh-huh. I relocated it so I can look out the window uh-huh. while I'm talking. Yes. I see trees. Yes. And I see birds. Yes. And I'll see the leaves coming, and I'll see the snow eventually yes. melting off the roof. <laughs> yes, right. right. <laughs> to try to reconnect with, yes. with what I've got, I've got three acres here. Oh wow! And some yes. there are days when I don't look outside except to go get the mail. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So we're trying to do that. Yes. Stuff. But what uh, there are? What would you suggest? Mm-hmm. I've had Bishop Callahan talk at length about starting a prayer life. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he talks about you don't have to do something elaborate; just right. take time. No. But no. you are have been a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. What do you say to someone who says, "I don't know. I got to. I'm not feeling close to God. I got to start doing something." Yes. Here. What do you say yes. to that? Well, there are so many possibilities for that. But recently, the one that I would really like to offer that is so so powerful is to take a moment to touch your heartbeat and say, "Not for one second." Do I have to make my heart beat 
It is the presence of the divine. My breath, I breathe. Not for one second do I have to ask my lungs to breathe for me. The presence of the divine in our heartbeat and our breath. To spend even 10 or 15 minutes just aware of how those two aspects of my body, not to mention all the other, how does my food in my stomach know how to become proteins and carbohydrates and minerals and whatever the bones need? How does my body know how to do that? So I, I call that a body mindfulness prayer because it's right there and it's our life it's god's life it's it's a presence we don't need a lot of extra things out there i don't think okay another piece that i find as a daily piece that helps with the focus of how i want to be is i will take a psalm for the day which if it's a daily thing that has a psalm in it or find a psalm somewhere, psalm book, read the psalm and look at the words. So many of the words in our psalms are not familiar words. So I started doing this about five years ago. I saw the word steadfast and I said, what does steadfast mean? So I became now a dictionary prayer. I took the word, I look it up in the dictionary, and I discovered that some of the words we use are flippantly just a limited ver a version of what that means. Some words have some very deep meanings that we aren't familiar with. So then what I would do is I would ponder the meaning of that word and where did it fit for me. Then I take the letters of that word so steadfast, S-T-E-A-D, fast, okay. Line them up and then find a word that goes with each of those letters. So what word goes with the S? Well, maybe sacred. And then the T might be time. And the E might be energy, sacred time energy. So pretty soon it creates a new sentence. So that's... I often do that. And again, that can take a whole half hour or more. <laughs> Focus is on, uh, again, it's simplifying the fact that we have so much word, 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 that when it comes to the word of God, we often don't take time to say, God is the word. Jesus is the word of God. How do we honor a word by letting it become more true for who I am or what I do. The other example that I found is very helpful, and I offer this as well for people who love to be with Scripture. Take a gospel, especially Luke, and I'll give an example of that. I did a program several times on how Jesus had a simple way of balance and focus and integrating in his life. He had thousands of people that he wanted to reach. 
His days were full, surrounded with crowds of people, situations that needed time and all of that. So what did he do? In Luke's gospel, there are 42 verses that identify that Jesus went off to pray. He went off to take time, and that wasn't in a church. It was out in the mountains. It was down on the hillside. It was in a boat on the river, on the lake. So taking the scripture and finding, so where are the messages in scripture that give us a clue of what, what did Jesus do in order to keep balance in his life? How did he spend his Sabbath time? He spent his Sabbath time having dinner with people unlikely in his world. So maybe my Sunday is, who's alone next door? Do I want to bake some bread and take it there? So I think looking at the Gospels to see how did Jesus live the life of balance, connection, meaningfulness, attentive. He surely apparently had no house to actually fill up with stuff. So, But that's a different time in history. So those are three of the things that I would offer. The um, uh, thing of the body and uh, attentive to the, the incredible, incredible characteristics of our body, and that's life. And the final one is more recently, there are many, many more things that we can delve into about the expanse of the universe. And so that's another thing I would invite for people who have sense of imagination, a sense of awe. There's a latest, is it the James Webb Observatory now that has mm -hmm. discovered billions of years of our whole cosmos, the stars, the planets, the, the all of the galaxies. So for some people, that gives them a sense of awe. And I like this word awe sometimes much better than the word God for this reason. We have taken the word God and we often limit what we are imaging. And we get that, of course, through our holy cards. We get that through our language. You know, God sitting on a throne somewhere up in the sky. Well, for some of us, there's a different sense of presence and magnitude and awe and all of that. So we've had a couple of things on these past few weeks, but uh, I should also mention that uh, a couple of things Bishop Callahan has said, and I've asked him to repeat over the years. One is sounds quite simple. He says, uh, why do we blow out a birthday candle? He says, because we can. You have a breath. You're alive. Yes. He says, blow it's out candle. the candle. <laughs> and I would suggest yes. to anybody yes. who is trying to be thankful for anything yes. and again light a candle and just blow it out yes. <laughs> you Excellent. because you can yes um, and yes there was a guy in one photo group had a little signature thing at the bottom of his emails it says i get up in the morning and i'm feeling good because i stretch out my arms and i don't hit wood oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in a casket uh -huh. you know? 
Excellent. Uh, good sense of humor, yes. but also Bishop Callahan, and this is a big Franciscan thing. It, it fits into everything with, with uh, the Catholic charities and all that. He says, no one is disposable oh. in their frailty, in their yes. illness, in whatever it happens to be. No one yes. is disposable. Yes. And so between those two things, I, I really get a kick. I, yes. I, really, <laughs> I, I like both of those. Now, we, we have a lot of good stuff that uh, that has cropped up over the years, but those were two things. And of course, Bishop Callahan is, is very yes. good at, yep. at all these things. Oh, and, uh, yes. we're, we're very fortunate to have him with us. And yes. uh, it really is good. Now, I should ask you, do you have any written uh, books, pamphlets, uh, courses on YouTube or anything like that that you've done so far? All the things that I have done as far as programs is in paper mm -hmm. and it's in my tote. Okay. So I don't have anything <laughs> that's out there that's accessible in any way, okay. shape or form. So, Well, you know, you might consider since you've got these IT people who are so nice to help you get this set up uh -huh. and it worked just fine. Nowadays, it is, uh, I'm, I, you know, in my crazy world, I have written, well, four or five books oh. on how-to stuff, okay. like how to use a computer, oh, how to okay. use a camera, you know, how to you know, how to sell stuff on eBay. I mean, this is this is not rocket science, yes. but it isn't that hard to do anymore. Oh. Uh, you can write something, and you can you can if you write it on a word processor, you can have it save it to an EPUB yeah. so that people can put it on their tablet and read oh. it. And there are optical character recognition programs that can read the stuff you have typed out already and just, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you might consider uh -huh. that. Uh, you, and also the Diocese of La Crosse, I'm sure you, uh, the FSBA has a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. You know, you would be welcome. I'm quite sure the diocese would be perfectly happy if you took parts of what you've just done here and edited me out. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh -huh. uh, yeah. and these days it's not that difficult to set up a little camera on your laptop mm -hmm. and just talk to mm -hmm. it like you're talking to a person sure. and then you upload it to youtube mm -hmm. and people will find yes. it uh, yes. you know and, and frankly we need more of that kind mm -hmm. of thing because uh, we spent uh, you know 45 minutes or so here dispensing some really good advice not from my side mm -hmm. but from mm -hmm. your side you too. Uh, yeah. based based on many many years of you uh -huh. uh, distilling yes. what's going on yes. this is this is one of the benefits of being a little bit older than yes. some people are and i'm in i'm in that crew yes. Uh, yes. is that you've you shake down mm -hmm. you know the, i keep waiting for the time when I look back and I say, gee, 20 years ago, I was a real idiot. Uh, so far, it hasn't stopped. <laughs> you know, did well, I actually do that 20 years ago? Oh, my gosh, right. look at me. How could I be a moron, Jack? Yes, Come on now. Yes, right, uh, right, right. Uh, I, it, maybe we should wish that it never stopped. That's right, if exactly. the point where you think that you're perfect, yeah. you're not perfect and, at all. And that's a but, label. Uh, yeah, I would, that's a label you don't yeah. want to keep. No, no. No, I don't uh, want to hear uh, that at all. But, uh, yeah, and how, how often do you give public talks, May I ask? Well, since I have left St. Anthony's and Marathon, very mm -hmm. few, very few, yeah. because I don't have the opportunity. And what I do hear, though, is every once in a while, somebody will ask me, so for example, our uh, wellness center, our nurses program, the head mm -hmm. of the nurses program asked me if I do a 15-minute reflection with their whole staff, their nurses, their CNAs, and all of those. So I had the opportunity to do that. And that was very mm -hmm. powerful because I used a nature symbol of uh, I'm very, very intrigued with trees, and I know a lot about trees, but the image I used with them is that all of us at different times have to be moved from place to place and do different things. 
what grounds us is our taproot. So I elaborated on the taproot. That's hmm. where, when all the other roots that we have are cut off, the taproot is what we touch into. So I identified for them, their taproot is their ability to trust, their ability to be intuitive based on all of their nursing experience. So that's the kind of thing that I had to do. The other is that I have been invited to do uh, some Franciscan pieces for the board of the Franciscan Spirituality Center here in La Crosse. They would like some more pieces around Franciscan. So uh, for each of their board meetings, I am privileged to give five minutes. But you know what did happen? That five minutes made me really hone down a concept about Franciscan down to one word, and it it's powerful. I'm a firm believer too many things, too many things, we get distracted if we can hang on to one word. So so I get opportunities like that. Well, I, the reason I mentioned this, you, you have to understand that I, uh, in, in my radio business, yes. and I've been doing radio since 1980. Yes, wow. Uh, I fell into the position in several places, of, in addition to being a radio guy on the air, of also being a, a, a promotional director. Okay. And uh, you know, I also spent a number of years in the uh, the early early uh, construction days at the shrine, uh-huh. uh, explaining to the media what a pilgrimage was, uh-huh. you know, what, what that kind of thing. Uh, so I, I constantly have this promotional brain yes. set. Okay. When I hear something or see something, you know, how do I get this promoted? How do I do this? How do I do that? And I would simply suggest to you that with the a good amount of knowledge that you have and a very, very good presentation. Thank you. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of garbage out there on the internet. I, know. I mean, there's a lot of real dumb people who just, they get up and they get their little laptop going with it and they babble off the most word salad stuff you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I still think that there are people in a very ecumenical sense mm-hmm who need the kind of information that, we, that you discussed with us this hour. Mm-hmm. And the good news is, is it doesn't cost you anything mm-hmm. as long as you have the time uh-huh. and the laptop yeah. and you can upload it. Now, maybe you, you may have to uh, either do a little video editing yourself, mm-hmm. which, believe me, is not that hard to do. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you can actually do it very inexpensively and, and it just takes time. Mm-hmm. But you could do a little finished production. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I would, be, I, frankly, it... it it wouldn't hurt. Yes. <laughs> it, the, the, world, the world would not be a worse place. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and, yeah, because there's so many people out there who have strayed away from almost any belief yes, system. Yes, uh-huh. uh, I was mentioning to uh, Father Krasinski last week that, uh, oh, there were, it was a discussion about the, uh, the, the artificial intelligence programs oh, that, yes. uh, that can write essays. Uh-huh. And this professor was writing and saying, I teach uh, world religions. And I noticed this one paper I got was obviously done by AI. And one of the comments that was made was simply, the person goes, well, I can see if you were teaching Shakespeare, if you would be worried about it, but you're teaching comic books. (gasps) Now, Now, they talk about insulting thousands of years and millions of people's earnest search for the meaning of life mm. to reduce it down to saying oh they're just comic mm. books there's the, uh, the the fairy man in the sky mm-hmm. you know this is the, mm-hmm. this is the the, the, the the snarky refrain that you see sure. in the public mm-hmm. yeah. we need more people who have a certain genuineness mm-hmm. who can just say something that people can relate to and say you know mm-hmm. that what that sister saying is making sense mm-hmm. 
So anyway, I would encourage you to do that. And, and of course, I think this also means that um, maybe we'll have to get you back on periodically. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe during maybe during maybe during Lent to some kind of Lenten reflection uh-huh. or something like uh-huh. that. And we'll certainly get you on uh, during Christmas. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I think I mean I've enjoyed it. I, I really uh-huh. had fun. Good. I'll tell you. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, you're, do, you're doing a great job. Well, so I could put together a package of the things that I you know have and whatever. Mm-hmm. If I would uh, have a way to get those out for you to look at, yeah, I, and, yeah, okay, yeah. and I could swing by and pick them up one of these days. I don't, I, I haven't traveled much because the weather has been right. icy. Oh as can yes, be definitely. Here. But I, I will make yes. a special effort to do okay. that. Good. And uh, but also, uh, yeah, I would. I'm again here. I'm Mr. Promotion. Yes, here. I See, hear I mean, that. I <laughs> that's hear easy that. for you. You've got a bit. But yeah. seriously, you uh, you would I think be pleased mm-hmm. at the response, even if you put out just two or three mm-hmm. uh, five minute YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. You would be. You might be shocked. Uh-huh. At, at there's plenty of people putting garbage out there. I you hear might that. Have put something yes, good I hear that. Yes. <laughs> well, and we have an excellent <laughs> IT uh, department. Both Darren and Carl are very good. I, they will help. I you. suppose I could just simply sit down with them, and they can set it up. And, and they would help you go. a lot. Sure. Yes, they would help sure. you a lot. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, again, it's just one more thing for you to do, as if you don't right. have enough. Well, you know, right now I'm I I have open time. You know, because I don't. Oh well, my goodness. Yes, I'm uh, a retired yeah. lady. I mean, I'm in that stage. Well, you know, yes. The other thing I have done I for that, years is done six-day mm-hmm. preached retreats on every mm-hmm. possible topic you can imagine. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll see. There are there are entire generations of people out there who are connected via the internet, yeah. and ninety yeah. percent of what they look yeah. at is yeah. not I that exciting. That. Yep. You know, not, not that exciting. Mm-hmm. There, there's you know, there's twenty seven YouTube videos on how to use a blender. Uh-huh. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up oh, either. I'm just saying how to use a blender. They don't know how to use a blender, you know. Or people are showing you here are 15 different coffee makers uh-huh. and how yeah, they work. Right, right. And I'm going, oh, oh, no, no. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, oh, wow. good. so Sister Jolene Brand, yes. thank you so much thank for being here. You, and, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, we'll have you back on. We'll have you back on because it's too much fun. It's just too much, too, too much happiness, too much fun, too much sunshine, and uh, we can we can handle it. We can, we can use, can use it. it. You bet. Well, thank you. Right. Blessings to you for all that you do and your way of putting this together. The people you find to do it, excellent, excellent. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And we'll get this ready to go. So thank you, sister. We'll be right back. We are moving headlong into February. It's hard to believe that Ash Wednesday is already February 22nd. There will be a special Mass at St. Joseph the Workman Cathedral on 530 Main Street in La Crosse on February 22nd at 12.10 p.m. The Mass will also be live-streamed at the diocese website. You can go to diolc.org slash live. And speaking of the diocesan website, I'm sure that by the time Ash Wednesday arrives, if you go to diolc.org, you'll find all kinds of messages from the bishop, you'll find devotional aids, all kinds of other information to help you make some Lenten preparations. And also, the last hundred or so copies of Connecting the Diocese are there as well. So if you want to hear Sister again, you can just go back to diolc.org slash connecting, and you can click on an MP3 audio file. You can listen to it. You can download it. There's no charge. We don't ask you for a password. Don't ask for your email address or anything like that. It's all for you to enjoy and maybe learn and maybe get a couple of laughs from a few of the previous shows as well. 
A major fundraiser for McDonald Central High School is coming up in Chippewa Falls on February 11th. It is their Mardi Gras celebration, 4.30 p.m. till 11 p.m., right there at McDonald Central High School. It's their gala-style fundraising event. Flavors of Louisiana food, games, live music, uh, there'll be raffle tickets available, and also uh, there is a, a cost to get into it because there's a lot of stuff you'll be getting. $85 for a single person and $165 for a couple. For more information, you can contact 715-723-0538, extension 3306. It's all for a very good cause and a lot less expensive than booking a flight to New Orleans and trying to find a room. Mardi Gras in Chippewa, February 11th. Thanks for tuning in Connecting the Diocese. Jack Socha here saying goodbye for now. I'm going to leave you with just a little bit of music from the FSPA recorded back in 2004 by Sister Melinda Gerke. This was an original composition called Mercy. We'll see you next week. <laughs>